welcome everybody to week 119 in quarantine. Keep your shelter in place. Week 119? At least. <laughs> sometimes. I think Illinois is going to be one of the last states in the country to open up, which I'm not opposed to. I think I, I'm much on, I'm on team better safe than sorry. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I do see the numbers going down of, yep. you know, dramatic numbers. So because because we're staying keeping our asses at home. What, <laughs> um, for you people who don't know, the Chicago mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot, there's lots of memes that have been going out. She's this little bitty woman. She's probably all of five feet tall and she's got the most stern face in the world. And her she's memes got are good hilarious. eyes. She has such good eyes. <laughs> and one of them was like a string of letters. And I was looking at it and I finally figured out it said, keep your goddamn ass at home or I'm going to come and arrest your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are we? I'm Vicki. <laughs> I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we're, we're telling, telling on ourselves. Here we are. And it's like so weird said. not to sing the song because I've been yeah. listening to the Four Agreements episodes and it's so cute when we sing the song, I have to say. It's funny. My sister was listening to our most recent one. She called me the other day and she said, first of all, she said it was hilarious. And she said, you and Vicky talking about Lynn and Vicky. She said, you all just call each other out. Then Bree's trying to bring everything back in. It was so funny. <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> were we last, doing? What were we doing? I don't even remember. I don't know. But she said, but thank God you didn't sing. <laughs> it's a little hard, but I miss the singing too. That's like our little ditty and it just came out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> I know. That's okay. When we get back together, then we can sing. That's right. Go ahead. Well, well <laughs> we're going to start with the first thought wrong. Um, yeah. Our topic this week is really cool too. I found this article online and we'll put it in the show notes where you can find it. Um, it I think it actually first popped up like on my Instagram feed or something and I opened it and I ended up sharing it and I got lots of positive feedback from a lot of people in recovery and out of recovery. Cause it's just some, it's not just for rules for living in quarantine. I think it's just rules for living your life. You can keep these things in perspective. And it's kind of funny because my first thought wrong has a lot to do with this. Of course. Ooh, giddy up. Well, so, I have to say first thought wrong. Whoa. Sorry, Charlie. I didn't turn that off. Um, Charlie is not, he is our imaginary, um, producer just so you know charlie chaplin um no, just kidding um but first thought wrong we have a shout out we finally found out who did do first thought wrong and it is a gentleman named mark ludlum so shout out to mark ludlum thank you so much for helping us have a segment of our podcast thank you mark <laughs> it really it really has shown a light on me anyway about telling on myself when i when i framed it as first thought wrong i'm like oh i got something to tell on myself every single freaking day thank you yep so let her rip girl all right so um you know my current living situation i'm staying with friends and they've gotten transferred to pennsylvania so the house is on the market and um there's been a couple of times like i found out late and when I go to work, I've been the only one here. I try to make sure the house is okay. And once or twice, I've kind of gotten caught with my pants down, had to run back and like make my bed, get my dirty underwear out of the floor, you know, that kind of stuff. Because it could happen anytime. So they, I knew there was a showing this morning at 10 or something. I'm like, no problem. So last night I went through the house and I vacuumed and I dusted and I got everything put away. And uh, this morning got up early, a little bit early so I could make my bed real pretty and everything looked good. 
So I'm like, awesome. And the last couple of days have been busy because we had a workshop yesterday. I've had um, work myself is just getting busier. So I've had to kind of reschedule how my work schedule is working and fitting in all the other things. So I've kind of had things like sandwich or shingled or whatever, one thing right after the other, after the other, which I hate to do, but I've had to do it. And on top of that, I'm not sleeping very well. Whole other issue. So I'm not sleeping well and I've got stuff back to back. So Lynn's stress level is kind of up here. And um, today we had, um, I had a meeting at five and then there was a yoga class I wanted to do at six. And then we were doing the podcast at seven. And we talked about when we were going to do our podcast and it worked out better to be at seven, I think. So then I get a message this afternoon from my friend that said, they're showing the house again at five. I'm like, what the fuck? I've got, so I reacted before I responded and I sent a text back and I said, well, I've got a meeting at five, yoga at six and podcast at seven, but don't worry. I'll just reschedule everything. I really did that. Burn. And I feel about Burn it all. Burn it all down. It's all or nothing. All or nothing. (laughs) It was. And and as soon as I hit send, I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I just type it and erase it? Man, well then, what did you say after that? I'm curious to know what second um, right was. I got a, I got a message later. That said, "I'm sorry." I said, "I'm sorry. That was inappropriate, and it's it's not about you. It's about me. I'm so so sorry." Wow, well, that's really nice though. You did a I little sense awesome. up there, huh? I'm still holding on. I'm trying to let go. Ah. I know. I felt so bad, and that is the perfect example of reacting instead of responding. It happens. Thank God that we, okay. So little story about that. One of my colleagues, we kind of quit back and forth sometimes. And sometimes I just lose my shit on her and I'll say like passive aggressive stuff or like point out, you know, take her inventory for her, which she's not in the program. So she has no idea why I'm being such a bitch and taking her inventory. Um, (laughs) She's a very particular personality type, just saying that, but very sweet. And man, I've caught myself having to come back and say, Hey, I am so sorry. Like you do not deserve to be treated like that. I shouldn't have teased you. I know that, you know, you know, she's a little OCD. So sometimes I tease her and pick on her just to, you know, mess with her (laughs) because people with OCD are just like really good (laughs) subject matter for my own entertainment. They're perfect Uh, targets. They're good targets. They make themselves amazing targets. And here's the thing. I would pick on her. I picked on her for a long time before we came fr- became friends at work because of a resentment I had. She got me the job that I have, but then she didn't want to hang out with me at work. I wanted to take her to lunch to thank her for getting me the job. And she wouldn't go to lunch with me. And I couldn't figure out why. Years later, I found out it was because, and I was mad at her the whole time thinking she just didn't like me. Maybe she thought I was a loser, didn't like me. She was afraid that I was going to ask her for a ride, for a ride to work every day again. Cause she had already told me, no, it was when I couldn't drive. I didn't have a license and she lived in the same town as I did. So I'd asked her if we could carpool and she felt bad saying no the first time. So she thought I was going to like take her to lunch and then ask her again. And she was trying to avoid having to say no again and feeling bad about it. So the last four years, I've just been making her suffer for that. <laughs> and so I have to like, but now, you know, we're in a much better place with our friendship. We're actually friends now, now that we we cleared that air, um, like last year. So ever since then, it's been, but I have to, I'm, 
I'm so sorry. I should not have teased you like that. I shouldn't have said that, you know, all the time reaction instead of Respond and react. Or doing nothing, right? Like that, 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 what I was able to do, and I don't know how I, well, you helped me actually, Lynn, in my scenario, um, not respond. You said, let's sleep on it. And that's the best Mm -hmm. line to say to me because it works. Um, So, yeah, restraint of pen and tongue, they talk about. And point your texting fingers. (laughs) Cut, Cut the texting fingers off. Well, I was thinking it could be instead of reacting, it could be uh, reflection instead of reacting or responding, you know, reflection first. Yeah. Well, you you know what my sponsor says? My sponsor says, um, oh, what's the word she uses? Not cultivate, but I got to think of it. I'll think of it. But it's kind of like that. Like you have to take time to think about it, right? Percolate. 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 Or as Vicky always says, let it marinate. I need to let that marinate. Did I say that a lot? (laughs) Yes, you do. That is totally your thing. (laughs) I love it. It's so true. It is. We gotta let the flavors marry. That's all, folks. All right. Well, let's get to this awesome article. I love this article. Yes. The article is called 10 Secrets People in Recovery from Addiction Know That Can Help Us All Survive This Global Pandemic. And that was my addendum early, not just a global pandemic, but pretty much survive life. And I didn't do any definitions. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of content in here. So I don't know if we just want to go in order and each read one um, and kind of like talk about what it means. I don't know. Who wants to start? Why don't you start us off, Lynn? Who? You. Okay. Um, The fight is fixed is number one. Wait, what? Is it really a, a central tenet of recovery to just give up and accept that things can't be changed? Well, yes. Many people recovering from addiction must accept that they cannot control their substance abuse once they start using, this allows them to move forward with the goal of not using at all. And how this relates to us in the COVID era is we must take a deep breath and accept the reality of COVID before we can navigate. We are quarantined. We have to accept that we're quarantined. We may have lost a job. We're anxious about our loved ones. We do not do this out of defeat, but so that we can move forward and find ways to reach out to friends, file for unemployment, or challenge those in power to do better. I think all they need to do is listen to our episode on the serenity prayer. Yeah. It's, and it's about action. It's exactly figuring out what you could change, accepting what you can't, and then find some action. And I love how they took that, even the bad part of losing a job. Okay. You lost your job. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to file for unemployment. I loved it. Well, and there's no solution when you're sitting in the problem too long, really. You're just going to sit there and stew. So, and I, that is something that we do learn in recovery is, okay, you get your pity pot for like this long. And for those of you who can't see me, it's the little mini finger, but your index and your thumb finger, it's like making the little tiny motion this much time. And then you have to get off your potty pity and and do something. (laughs) And yeah, like the, the one, the line that they say, don't, don't stay on the pot until your butt gets a ring on it. 
Right. I've never heard that. Oh, you haven't? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. My sponsor at the beginning used to tell me, she's like, okay, well, you can, you got to get off the pity pot before you get a ring. Okay, Vic, you could get mad today, but then after that, you got to get off the pity pot. I'm like, okay, fine. Have you ever been on the pot so long your legs go numb? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically figuring out what you can change, accepting what you can't. And as we say, let it out and let it go and move and move forward. Find what action that you can do and do it. Do it. Well, so the next one, one is halt. I like halt. Can I, t- t- can I talk about halt? Please. Okay. So halt is halt if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And during this pandemic, I've added scared because it's scary a little bit, right? Um, But basically, um, well, I'll read what they say. They say these four basic states affect life in a big way. They can be particularly challenging in combination. We've all been the hangry version of ourselves and it isn't pleasant for anyone. Checking in with yourself using HALT can be good preventative medicine. Do you really need to tell that person what you think right now? These tips are the foundation of self-care. For those in recovery, paying attention to HALT can prevent dips in mood that prompt returns to drug use. For those weathering a pandemic, they help us to keep it together so that we can be there for our friends and family. You can't pour from an empty cup. So take care of your own needs first. And that one is just, I mean, I use that all the time. And it, and it usually is uh, a tool that works, at least for me. Well, it's that pause button too, right? That we always talk about. And yes. if we're agitated about something or we're not feeling good and we pick up the phone early on in recovery and we get used to talking to people about it, we can usually you know, um, zone in on exactly what is actually going on. And it's, yeah, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Well, and it's like a check checklist in your head. Like, oh, did I eat? Oh, did, am I already upset? Resentment, something to make me angry. Oh, have I been alone and I'm feeling sorry for myself? And uh, how's my sleep? Check, 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 check. And that's what happened to me today. Yeah. What were you running on? Were you... Well, I haven't slept in like four days. Yeah. Um, I haven't hugged anyone in eight weeks. Um, and I haven't slept. You know, it's it was exactly it. And I yeah. Resentments are easy to come by when you feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, Bree, number three, Bree. Oh, I like this one. Progress, not perfection. People will stumble early in recovery. Not everyone will relapse, but everyone will have emotional outbursts, make poor decisions, and feel overwhelmed at times. Those who succeed are those who keep trying anyways. If you're in a funk from isolation, it's never too late to pick yourself up, even if it just means doing one small thing at a time to improve your well-being, like drinking a glass of water or calling a friend. Living with the new normal, heck, living in general, is a learning process for all of us. So don't hate on yourself for stumbling a little or a lot. And I mean, we're told this all the time in the rooms, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So be gentle. Don't take out the hammer on yourself. And like things will get better. Like, and you know, macro picture of what's going on in the world, slowly progress. Things will get back to normal and things will get better. Things will work out. And, the, and that's what it's hard to, to remember sometimes. Just because it's not going to work out the way you want 
or you think it should doesn't mean that it's not going to work out for the best. And that's what I have a hard time with a lot of times is, and that's letting go of control, letting go and just letting it be me. The only thing I have to take care of is making sure I do the next right thing. Well, and it's, it's been really cool to see how our 12 step program has just come together during this and, Mm -hmm. and really embraced. And I know a lot of communities are embracing this, Um, platform and this ability to communicate, but our program that we live by is really, um, even the people that didn't want to, even the holder honors to the, you know, to the actual face-to-face meetings, they really let go. And there are so many people that love this. And, And this is so good for people that can't leave the house and don't get too many meetings. And it's just... It's been, you know, th- that it it is progress. We're learning. We're stumbling. We're trying to figure out how to do it the right way. It's not going to be perfect. And I think people are very forgiving and understanding and grateful that we're actually just making sure that we're there for each other. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Absolutely. Number four is serenity is not freedom from the storm, but peace amid the storm. People in recovery must learn to face life head on without substances to numb them. They learn to exist along difficult circumstances instead of running from them. While this brings sorrow, it also creates new capacity for joy. No matter how long the current pandemic lasts, life will always have its challenges. Resilience in the face of inevitable hardship will serve us through the current situation and beyond. The first thing I thought of, Vicki, was um, that Glennon, that interview that I listened to, and she said what she learned is that she's fireproof. She walked through fire and survived. And I think that we learn when we become sober, the hardest thing that we've done to that point in our lives, um, we survive it, and it's so much better on the other side. And that's what I think about, you know, having the grace um, to be able to pause and realize that it's going to be hard. It might be painful. It might be scary but we know we can do it because we've done hard things. Well said. Yeah. And we are a resilient bunch. That is for sure. Yeah. I mean, it puts things into serious perspective when you think about when you can remember that, oh God, what was it like before recovery? When you're having a bad day in recovery and you can think about what was it like before recovery? What, how would I be responding to this situation before I had these tools. And then that for me is such a good tool to get me back to grounded. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite ones. Keep your head where your feet are. I love that one. That one makes total sense. It it always, um, that physical body, uh, the phys- when people use analogies about your head, you know, really not letting... Because my head is always outside of my body, I feel like. I feel like there's like this floaty version of my brain working outside while everything else is going on. And the, what it says here is those, in, er, those early in recovery often get caught up wondering how they'll make it. Things feel uncertain. They can't imagine going on for years and... Re- in sobriety. They're encouraged to take things one day at a time to remain in the present and deal with life's difficulties as they arise. It's easy to worry about what ifs and how long the current situation will last 
We're healthier and more productive when we bring our minds to what's happening now instead of trying to predict what lies ahead. Focus on doing the next right thing. As is often said in recovery meetings, meditation and other forms of mindfulness can help immensely. Stay in today. Stay in today. Stay in today. Uh, Fear is uh, focusing on the past. Anxiety is focusing on the future. If you stay in the present moment, you have no choice but to feel joy. Well, Well, usually, I mean, you have a choice. Yeah. But... But if you trust, trust me, I, I, I'm choosing. I'm choosing the opposite to be of that. Up here. You have no choice. Is that it? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's so much. Well, the one thing that I am seeing, just in the pattern of the first couple ones that we've we've talked about I, the underlying, I guess the word for me is like acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, can't control people, places, our things. And we can't right now, definitely can't right now as much as we want to. And the other thing that kind of jumps out of me is like self-awareness, which I think the program gives to us, right? Cause the first step is the self-awareness of, you know, we can't control our drinking. Life is unmanageable and it kind of builds up from there. And that's, you know, it talks about mindfulness in the article, but yeah, you have to have self-awareness to even start your journey into mindfulness even. And that is something that the steps have given me is a new sense of self-awareness of, you know, everything, including my character defects, which, and then my character defects always want to, you know, fear is the basis of all of those. And they make me want to control and worry about tomorrow and ruminate about the past. Did I use that word right? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing acceptance and self-awareness in these first, you know, five five. that we've done so far. Well, and, and it's kind of like what we've been saying in the rooms from the beginning. When I heard that in the very beginning, this woman said, we have been training for something like this for our entire recovery, one day at a time, acceptance, staying right where we are and being in the moment. And we don't have a choice. We literally don't have a choice now. We have a choice about if we're going to be joyful or miserable <laughs> but I choose joy. I'm agreeing with you, girl. I choose joy. I choose joy. And you know what gives you a lot of joy? Service. Number yes. six, service transforms pain into things like joy. Imagine that. So joy, um, joy. basically service to others is one of the most important pillars of addiction recovery. It tra- transforms painful experiences into meaningful ones. Members of recovery groups are encouraged to pour their newfound knowledge and energy back into helping others who are struggling so that the group can keep going, but also so that the individual never loses sight of their own goals. So basically, you know, what it's saying is our pain right now is an opportunity to empathize with what's going on in the world at large and with what people are going through right now, um, what addicts are going through right now. So reach out, talk to someone. Mm-hmm. We know how to do that. Right. When we're being, for it's like the St. Francis prayer, which 
I absolutely, it helps me so much seek to be understood or seek to <laughs> understand rather to be understood, seek love, to seek to love rather than to be loved. be loved, you know, because when you are doing that, you, there was a, one of the mindful minutes I had the other day was talking about how when you love, love just goes outward and you don't get to pick who gets it. It's kind of like the sun. When the sun shines on you, it doesn't just shine on you. It shines on everyone, all the trees. It doesn't pick the one tree it's going to shine on. you know. And when you are sending out that love or that joy or whatever that is, it's like it's going to affect and have a good ripple effect on everybody, including you. But it doesn't feel like when you get outside, for me, when I get outside of myself, I feel way less focused on me, me, I, I, that sort of thing. Right. And one of the important lessons they also tell us in recovery is to work with the newcomer because they're the most important people in the room. They remind us of what we were and what we can be again if we don't keep working. And that's such a great, great lesson to learn. And and here it says the benefit, I'm sorry, scrolled up the wrong place. Um, if you're feeling like you want to do something, you don't know what it is, call call somebody and just say, hey, I want to check on you. I haven't heard from you. And that, just that little bit of service, again, can remind you a, a time you were lonely and needed someone and how much it meant when someone reached out to you. It's like they just it intuitively knew that you needed it. So if you do that to someone else, you know, it's, it's, fan, it's a great, great feeling, great thing. Well, and that is just really quick. That is kind of cool that... Mm-hmm as people in recovery service is one of the pillars. It truly is helping. Like if you were not, if I was not in a recovery program right now, my, I don't think that I would have spent any time during this quarantine thinking about what I could do for anybody else. I, I honestly wouldn't, yeah. I would have like made, I don't even, no, that's bullshit. I would have not even donated any money to any of those causes going on right now. I would have just not even thought about it. I wouldn't be volunteering at food pantries or anything, nothing. So this does actually Are really you volunteering apply. at food pantries right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> still, still no. <laughs> I'm still an ass. <laughs> I just pick up the phone more. This brings us to number seven. Gratitude is an action word. And you guys know how fond I am of action words. It, it's, it's like what gets me out of bed in the morning is an action word. Remembering what we still have and the ways in which we're fortunate can be a great buffer against hardship. Those early in recovery sometimes struggle to break free of the assumption that everything is awful. Listing things to be grateful for challenges that assumption and encourages perseverance. Gratitude is an open-hearted, feel-good emotion that can supersede fear and prevent catastrophize. I can never say this. Catastroph- you know what Vicky said. Catastrophizing. Thank you. I don't know why I'm, I'm I have that. a PhD in that. <laughs> when we are grateful for what we have, it inspires us to pass it on. Want to get started? Write a letter to someone you appreciate. Send it. Try listing out what you're grateful for. The benefits of gratitude accumulate over time, so make it a regular practice. How often do we talk about our daily gratitude list, what it's changed in our lives? It's amazing. So I have a, I have a, I have a challenge challenge. Um, We should send snail mail once a week to somebody. I like that. 
So we need to share addresses. Yeah. Um, but I think that I've gotten I've from two different people from since I've been doing this. This one woman has sent me two cards that are just beautiful. Another woman sent me a like a scarf with a journal and just I mean just people are so kind and but getting snail mail is really really nice that's awesome I actually got a a postcard from my friend Melissa Nashville and she said I got this weeks ago but she said the cutest thing she said if I were going to be in quarantine I would want to be with you because you're the best cook and you're always happy oh I know. I didn't did know that though. Like I, I agree with that. Me too. It made my day. I wasn't too happy today, but. <laughs> um, hungry, that, angry, lonely, just, tired. Exactly. But it like brightened my whole week. I would think about that and just giggle. I'm like, sweet Melissa, which is a song. Cause I call her that. Sweet I mean, Melissa. it was just sweet Melissa. Yeah. So anyway, gratitude. Gratitude. Well, the next one is number eight. We have two more left, right? Eight, nine. Oh, no, we have three more left. It's about math. I know. (laughs) I love math. Math is is my friend. Take Um, your fist at it. (laughs) I'm about, it's about surviving, but it's also about thriving. We don't get into recovery to drop out of life. We get into recovery to get back into it. While we are certainly focusing on survival in this moment, like many of us did during our early recovery years, we can also be laying the groundwork for a brighter future. While it's easy to focus on what we cannot do, whether it's drink or go visit friends, we also have opportunities to strengthen relationships, improve our meditation practices, exercise, and find other things that will set us up to thrive. And we can still focus on the big and small things we have now that make us happy. And I, I, I love this one. And we don't really talk about this a ton in recovery as this topic thriving, you know, we don't use that language, but we certainly teach it to each other. And as we work through the steps and as we do change our life and as we, we, nobody gets sober to be miserable. If you're miserable in recovery, it reminds me of your character yesterday. Um, We, it's, it's not why be sober Mm -hmm. because you can't, if you're going to, well, here's what I can say. If I'm consistently miserable for a very long period of time, I will think it'll be very hard for me to stay sober. That's what I can say without a doubt. Because I know that using makes that go away for a hot minute. I don't like it. I don't do it. I haven't done it for almost, guess what's one week from today? Um, Almost 10, almost double digits. Um, I haven't, but I will tell you, that's what I see. That's why I always say character defects are what what I think would make me drink more than anything else in the whole wide world. Um, I love the the thrive, not just survive. And I didn't really figure that out until I'd been sober for well over a year and thought back to my previous life, you know, life before sobriety and how I was in such survival mode. I don't even know how I was able to do anything or focus on anything. And once I was able to start shedding a lot of that stuff and, and start, start the recovery process and start to 
um, let go of all my bad things so that I could thrive. I figured it out. I'm like, this is what people are talking about. You, you don't just, it's not just living to live. You're actually thriving. Well, I feel like I was surviving before just, you know, go to work, come home. What do I got to do? I got these meetings. I got to eat. I get, you know, I don't want to work out. Now I'm tired. I had to work all day, blah, blah, blah. I am thriving. I'm just going to tell you what. So I hope that everyone else is taking advantage of this time, you know, but I know everybody can. I know there's still people that are working and you know, I am working, but I get to work from home. So I'm very grateful for that. But I think of thriving too, especially in our program, 10, 11, and 12, those steps help us go from just surviving and not drinking to thriving and growing in life, not just in our recovery, but in life. Yeah. Yeah, sister. Right. Because when we see that our behavior is going off kilter, and when we see we are sliding back into old behaviors, we are growing when we're looking at that, like the self-awareness you were talking about. And we're getting better because we're addressing it and we're doing something about it. Well, we're accepting it. And then we're taking action and for me being grateful that I even have these tools because I didn't ever, ever do an inventory of my day and and be like, what could I have done better? I do it every single day now, most days. Well, I think I've been really good lately. So yeah, it's awesome. I think a lot of times we refer to it as emotional sobriety and it's after you get past the uh, obsession of drinking, that's the next phase of recovery is starting to work on yourself and why you drank, what were you running away from? And emotional sobriety is that constant work and that constant growth and and you do that through acceptance and through self-awareness. Isn't it beautiful how it all ties together? It does. Alrighty, what is next? Nine, it's mutual aid, not self-help. There are many paths to recovery, but we all need community. Recovery Dharma, Smart Recovery, Life Ring, Celebrate Recovery, and 12-Step all have community as a central tenant. Addiction like a pandemic. Oh, I love this. This is good. Addiction Mm -hmm. like a pandemic causes isolation and disconnection. In order to survive and grow, we need each other. We're all hashtag alone together and we have to support one another. So stay in contact with loved ones over the phone, video chat or text, check in from people with people you haven't heard from a while, heard from in a while. And talk to someone you trust when you are feeling low. So honesty. Oh my gosh, just being honest when you are not feeling great. That's hard. We're social animals. Um, We'll weather this isolation far better if we're well, not isolated. Yeah, we always say our disease loves to get us alone because that's when that thinking starts. And that's the same with with the quarantine. And thank goodness I don't live alone because if I did, it'd be a lot scarier. And I also get to go to work. So I'm around a few people um, because otherwise it would be a lot tougher. So my situation, I feel like is pretty okay. I feel very uh, lucky to have the situation that I have. That's awesome. I feel lucky that we, you know, had mentioned a couple of those other recovery groups and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. When I got, was reading this article earlier, I was like, Oh, I want to like, I haven't heard of some of these. I kind of want to like, so I was doing a little bit of research and one of the, one of them was called Dharma recovery or whatever, um, based off of like Buddhist principles. It actually seemed really interesting, but they're having a whole bunch of online meetings too. And like, as I was reading their 
thing about online meetings. It was talking about how important community is right now. And so it doesn't matter, you know, kind of which, which way you go, like every recovery program is trying to establish community and every, you know, person that's going through this pandemic is hopefully trying to establish community or keep, I, it would just be so much harder if I didn't have you guys. Cause I would just be talking to my boyfriend and my mom and my dad, probably. And yeah, no one else. For sure. I'll be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, we're lucky. And, and as, you know, Brie, when you're talking about all the different types of uh, recovery programs, I love the saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And if it's working for you, then it's the right program, whatever yeah. that is. Um, so, I, you know, it's not for us to judge. Whatever works for you is what works. And that that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 12 Steps works for us and it works for a lot of people and it's proven track record. Doesn't mean it's the only way to do something. Um, I will do do number 10. This is the last one. Normal is just a setting on the dryer. Sitting in recovery meetings over many years teaches us that there is no such thing as normal, though many of us have lost years of our lives trying to become it. It is easy to criticize our differences, to believe we are not X enough, whatever that is. Obsession with normalcy often prevents us from seeing what is beautiful or possible. Many of us find that when we embrace and acknowledge the parts of ourselves, we once were ashamed of, were able to grow. Provided you're following CDC guidelines, there's no right way to do a pandemic. This is a first time for us. This is a totally new scenario for almost all of us. It's okay to be very anxious or not anxious at all. It's okay to wear pajamas all day, do yoga at midnight, and eat pancakes for dinner. If you're keeping yourself and others safe and working at any pace towards your own well-being, you're doing great. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. Yes. Yes. Right. That is one thing that I guess I don't see in here is feeling our feelings, right? That yep. is one thing we learn in recovery is that we it's okay to feel these yucky feelings. Not only is it okay, but we also learn how to feel our feelings. Right. <laughs> right. Like me, I didn't even know how to tap into that. I've, I've been numbing it and running away from it for so long. I didn't even yes. know where I would start. And, and when you're isolated or in quarantine, um, the fear and the anxiety gets overwhelming. It's like what I was saying. Um, Uh, When I isolate, I start thinking too much. And that's when I get into really dangerous territory. And that's an easy thing to do. I did that, what was it, two weeks ago when I thought I was getting sick. That whole evening, I just sat there going, that's it. I've got the COVID. What am I going to do? But I didn't call anybody. I didn't talk to anyone. I sat in it. And it messed with me. And I I talk to a lot of people every day just because of the nature of my job. I'm on the phone with a lot of people every day from all over the country. And there's a lot of people sitting in it. And I just, I don't even realize it sometimes because I am in a recovery group. So we try not to sit in stuff and we're all trying to stay in the positive and focus on the gratitude and come together. There are a lot of people out there, scared shitless, not dealing with their feelings, terrified, Mm -hmm. completely terrified. So that is... Yeah, the whole point of this article is like how people in recovery are going to basically rock this pandemic, <laughs> uh, you know, or that could help us all survive the pandemic. And yeah, that is something that we we could help others maybe who are not in recovery, you know, let them know, hey, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to feel your feelings. Hey, it's okay. And reassure them that, you know, what they're feeling is normal. And then 
it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Right. And it's okay to take it easy. Mm -hmm. Right. What I like about that last part that they wrote, I, I think it's worth stating again. This is a totally new scenario for every, almost all of us. It's okay to be anxious or not anxious at all. It's okay to wear pajamas all day and do yoga at midnight and eat pancakes for dinner if you're keeping yourself and others safe working at any pace. Because the pace that I used to work at was not sustainable for me. And I have learned all this stuff. I feel like a little bit in this last year, trying to get my my new business in order. And, you know, it, as long as I'm doing a couple of things every single day towards moving forward, you know, that goes with that relentless forward motion that I yeah. talked about. And, and, you know, at any pace, it's okay. And it's okay to have a bad day. And it's okay to feel like like caca you know um and but here's the other thing is it doesn't rain every single day it stops raining and the sunshine comes out and you're gonna feel better feelings don't last forever so thank you thank you thank you for this beautiful article whoever wrote it and um i'm sure we'll give them props and we'll have the the link but thank you lynn for finding it and sharing it with us i I absolutely got so much out of it it lit a fire under me when I when I read it the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so fun for us to to discuss because it is. It's just about trying to live life on life's terms, right? We can't change what life's going to throw at us, but we sure can determine how we're going to face it and move on. Before we get to nuggets, my friends, my ladies, could I possibly do one or two dad jokes? Please do. <laughs> I, I wrote myself a note so I wouldn't forget. Speaking of joy. <laughs> Since I didn't get to do definition corner, I need to do something. I'm feeling it. Um, okay, so the first one is geology rocks, but geography is where it's at. <laughs> I like so, that. Okay, that's a nine. <laughs> and okay, and when life gives you a melon, you're dyslexic. <laughs> I don't think I get that one. Melon, lemon. Is is melon, lemon spelled backwards? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, you switch the first two switch letters. The word, yeah, switch the letters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> Life gives you melons. You're just like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. Okay, that's it. So my golden nugget was actually just this whole article about how people in recovery are so well equipped for this pandemic you know it really was a light bulb moment and all of of course the sub points but they made really good points about all of that so my golden nugget was just like i maybe that's why i'm okay you know and everyone else around me sometimes it feels like is freaking out or having different feelings about it and i've been relatively okay like well actually no i've been thriving like i said i've been doing the yoga and eating well and be feeling more centered so yeah i guess my golden nugget funny enough was just that 
people yeah. in recovery are ready for this and we're going to kick this pandemic's ass. We are going to rule the world is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Who runs the world, girls? Okay, I have to say something. <laughs> Alcoholics. Who runs the world? <laughs> Alcoholics. That's <laughs> not that would be crazy. That's frightening. Uh, Brie, but you're also working the steps. I mean, you are working on yourself holistically right now. And I'm so, I love watching you and seeing what's happening in your world and seeing the blessings and the changes and all the winks, you know, wink, wink. Thank you. That's true. I didn't mention that. I am rocking my step work right now too. Um, I just got to notice that my battery's going to die soon. And I don't have my charger in here, but I think we can finish it up. But I just wanted to tell you, I, okay. I'm going to roll it along a little bit. Um, I had Golden Nuggets Brie when you talked about acceptance and self-awareness. I thought that was a real spot on. And that are, that is things that we learn. You got to learn to accept things. And then you can't do that unless you're self-aware. And then I also liked when we were kind of talking about the reacting and responding to reflect instead of reacting. And I'm going to use that. That is, I've got a big star and I start using that in my everyday life. Giddy up. All right. So my golden nugget, I mean, is really breathe kind of the same. It's, it's the whole thing. It's the, it's the idea that, well, it's the we, it's us doing this together. It's, it's this, it's actually the doing of this podcast with you girls and working and and remembering these little things that we've used all these years to stay grounded and in our program and keep my feet where my head is at. And thank you for helping me do that. Here, here. Can I say one other thing real quickly? This is for our, our people that may be listening. So, you know, we're on Zoom and we each have our own little box and Vicky's using a microphone and we had her work on her holding technique today. So she's got it in front of her face. And from my view, the entire time, it looks like she's been holding up one of those fake mustaches. <laughs> and it's taken everything I've had to not say anything this entire episode. That would be a really obnoxious mustache. <laughs> but it looks like you're doing this. <laughs> I must ask you a a question. (laughs) Oh, thanks everybody for being here with us and surviving with us and thriving with us. Yes. Keep thriving. Hang in there, you know, use your tools and pick up the phone and And wash your hands and be in joy. Be joy. 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 (laughs) All right. Try it out. Try it out. Try it out. Thanks for listening. We're so excited you're here. Please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. You can find us and join our tribe at Telling On Ourselves on Instagram and Facebook. Tribe out.